Hello and welcome to the Glowing 20s podcast. My name is Isabel Plummer. And I'm Cameron McLean. And welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We're excited to have you. So a little introduction about us and what this podcast is. The Glowing 20s is a wellness and self-development podcast. The name The Glowing 20s actually came because Cameron and I are both in our 20s. And we think that the 20s are some of the most transformative years in a person's life. We really focus on using these years to develop as a person and become whoever you're really truly meant to be and just grow and see this as a time of growth. I also think like to share in case you guys don't know us, we met in college. We really like to talk about self-development and uh, personal growth and we would always have long conversations over the phone about different things that we're working on and so eventually Ispa had the idea you know we should start a podcast and I thought she was kind of joking around but then we said it <laughs> we said it enough and we we're like wait a minute we should I meant it hey I yeah. meant it the first time too <laughs> you did you did I, I didn't pick it up until later on maybe like the third time <laughs> and then I was like oh wait I think she she means this um, yeah <laughs> Yeah, and so we started it in the summer, and we did a visual podcast on Instagram. So if you want to see those past episodes, check out at the glowing 20s, number two zero on Instagram. Yeah. But then from now on, we're going to do it via audio. I kind of just wanted to talk about what we're doing right now, just because I feel like in our 20s, you can be in a lot of different stages. At least for me, I have graduated college. I'm now in graduate school. I just finished my first semester um, and I'm getting a master's in international affairs with a focus on national security and diplomacy. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Um, not really sure what I'm doing with it yet, but you'll notice that's kind of a theme of the 20s in general, you know? So um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. What about you, Espa? So I am a junior in undergrad. I just finished my first semester of that, and I am a pre-med student. I'm majoring in public health and then double minoring in Spanish and chemistry. Is that pretty much? Yeah, yeah. I think that sums it <laughs> I up. I think that covers it. <laughs> so that's kind of where we are right now. And so speaking of, we kind of just want to use this episode to just reflect and kind of talk about our own ex- experiences, especially seeing as we just both finished our semesters. Thank God we made it through. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're just going to kind of talk about that. And so whether you have not, you're in high school and you're going into um, college, this will definitely help you out. And then if you're in college and you kind of are questioning what's going to happen after, this will also be helpful. So if you're interested in hearing more about that, Stay tuned. I wanted to talk about some of the struggles of undergrad and postgrad. I think, you know, who better to talk to than the people that are in it right now? So I wanted to kind of talk about first undergrad and maybe, you know, what you felt like your biggest stress in college was. So I would say that my biggest stress in college was mainly two things. One, I kind of just wanted to 
I wanted to be a different person than I was in high school. If you know me, I'm kind of obsessed with the idea of fresh starts and just new beginnings. And so I really wanted college to be that for me and for me to really step into myself and just like find that confident person. Uh, So I really wanted that. And secondly, I really wanted to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I feel like that is also a very common thing. A big stress for me was I was one of the people that didn't know what they wanted um, coming into college. And so I started just taking classes and what I was interested in, but always in the back of my head until up until senior year, I was very stressed about the idea of not knowing, you know, what was going to happen after graduation and just, Mm -hmm. yeah, like feeling very like I was the only one that didn't know. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know, I think you probably have a different experience because you knew what you wanted to do, but there's probably stress in that too, would you say? Yeah, I would. I, so I pretty much since, ever since I can remember, I've wanted to be a doctor uh, ever since kindergarten, probably even before that. And uh, so I think, I mean, I think that for me, it was kind of just like as, it's it's a challenge. The courses I'm taking, they're challenging courses. And I think that you see a lot of people also kind of getting weeded out of the pre-med program. Mm-hmm. And you see people kind of just changing their minds. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just was never an option, I guess. And not because anybody was putting it on me but just because I know so badly that that's what I want to do with my life you know and so it's kind of just it was just kind of like persevere you know push through yeah something that I I felt like I heard a lot in undergrad or especially with people in the pre-med program was just worrying that they wouldn't be good enough to actually like become what they wanted you know what I'm saying like any and you've heard me also I've heard you even speak (laughs) to that as well and so I think that's an issue even when you know what you want to do you're like can I do this yeah I've definitely had my doubts on my own abilities and I I mean and I think it's also just other people also know that it's a difficult route to take and so you also hear other people kind of questioning your abilities not because I necessarily come off as unable to do it or anything but I think that I don't know if it's just me actually or if it's other people but I feel like there are other people who I've talked to are also pre-med who have said you know this person was like oh are, are you still planning on taking this path or whatever and you know, they're basically saying, so are you still doing it or did you get weeded out, you know, or something like Mm -hmm. that. So there's that whole thing where there's just kind of like other people who are kind of watching you. (laughs) And then there's also you who just, you know, um, I think when things get really overwhelming and everything's just happening all at once, sometimes you're just like, oh, I don't actually know if I can do this. (laughs) That's just a part of growing you know you just have to push yourself and I think you can really learn what you're capable of and I definitely think that you just have to kind of keep pushing in order to test your limits and know what you can do and what you're capable of because obviously we all 
you know, we all had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of kind of breaking those boundaries and seeing how far you can go, yeah. which surprisingly we can go really <laughs> far and we can, I mean, we can really, you know, yeah, it's all about that growth mindset. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to put that in there. <laughs> and I think a big part of maybe getting past that self doubt or just the idea of questioning your major is you have to know why you're doing it. And I think that's really big, especially in fields like pre-med, because if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, it's so, I think it's so much harder to like get through to the end. At the end of the day, when you do find yourself extremely challenged, you can, I mean, finding motivation can be really hard sometimes, especially when you're kind of entering a burnout phase. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about, you know, the bigger picture and what your main goal is, um, that's really helpful. I remember I was talking to my brother when I was still in high school and he was in college and he was, um, he's an economic or he was an economics major when he was an undergrad. And he was telling me that, I mean, he's, oh my gosh, he's a genius. Like he's super Mm -hmm. smart. And he was talking about how that same idea that you just have to think about the end goal and what you want to do and what you want to be because when you study anything in enough depth you're probably going to end up hating it or at least hating studying it and so you have to remember that that's not the extent of what you're doing you know you have to remember the reason why you're doing it and that really helps motivate you to get further so that's a good that's a good um piece of advice to just remember the grander scheme Mm -hmm. yeah do you feel like you're very different from the person you were in high school like was that a big thing in your head coming into undergrad because I know it was for me like I really wanted to transition and just become I don't know I guess you have this idea of college in your head and you're like everything's gonna change um and so that was something that I really wanted um I definitely think I have changed but I don't think it was in that complete transition way that I thought I would if that makes sense it's so hard to see the growth when you're in it which is something I I feel like we always come back to but now that I'm out I can really see wow the person I was freshman year versus senior year so was that a concern for Uh you do you think coming in so okay so this is this is kind of a a cool story or I don't know if it's cool but it's it's something it's a story (laughs) I have a little ISPA version thing that I keep track of where I started out as ISPA zero oh yeah and I'm currently 2.5 transitioning into my ISPA 3.0 I basically when I was a senior in high school I liked where I was going with you know, like the direction I was going in that I really took care of myself. And I, and I totally forgot about this. I actually found my journal from 12th grade. uh, I think it was a few months ago and I didn't even, I didn't even know that I, I forgot that I had a journal, which is so crazy. So I, when I came, like when I saw it, I was reading through and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) Because it's similar to, me now but at the same time not at all Mm -hmm. similar so let me dig into that a little bit when I was a senior in 
high school, I did the same type of thing that I do now where I would sleep really early and wake up really Mm -hmm. early. As in in my journal, I would open to an entry and it would be like, it's currently 324 (laughs) AM and I woke up (laughs) and I would, and I was talking in my journal about how I was so excited to do my morning meditation and then go to the gym and then get ready and go to school. So that's what I meant. That's what I mean by it. It's very similar Mm -hmm. to me now in that I also currently still wake up between the hours of three and five usually. Yeah. So, so basically what I'm trying to say is that my morning routine now is basically just a more developed one of my, you know, my senior year one Mm -hmm. from high school. But the difference now is that I'm a lot more self aware. And I'm also well, I think that's the main thing. I'm a lot, well, I'm a lot more mindful, a lot more self-aware, and I've definitely just grown a lot since then. Um, I've, I've realized that when I was in high school, I, I based a lot of my own self-worth off of the fact, off of, like, how many people liked yeah. me. I remember in my, I was in the IB program at Plano East, and I pretty much didn't know of anybody who didn't like me. I'm sure there were people, but if I don't know. To me, it, it felt like I was friends with everyone, yeah. you know? And I was like, I can never think of anybody who doesn't like me. Like, I must be really <laughs> great or something. You know? <laughs> Basically, what I'm trying to get at is my entire self-worth was, was based off of whether or not other mm-hmm. people liked me, you know? And so that kind of carried on to my freshman year in college, And that first semester is where everything really went downhill for me because, like, I couldn't keep that up. Um, I was surrounded by people that I just really wanted to get validation from. And because of that, I basically was just a result of my environment. I wasn't my own person. I didn't have my own opinions. I didn't have my own values. I just was a product of everybody around me. And so that really led me to I I honestly felt like that first semester I just simply was not myself like that the only explanation is if you see me now and you see me then you I mean my family was was you know now my family can talk to me about it and be like oh yeah I remember that you were definitely Mm -hmm. not yourself you know and it's true I wasn't and so then my second semester my second semester freshman year is when I realized that I needed to change that that winter break was super um I transformative it was yeah but I it wasn't like it's not like I transformed it was just that my like that's when I realized Mm, a lot but basically what happened was that winter I went to India for the first time which is where my family's from and I got to just I spent the entire winter break with my family. I mean, every second of it. And I spent it with my extended family. And I went and I saw where my parents grew up, both of them. And I met my family and I spent time with them. And I learned so much. And I learned a little bit about, I don't know, like who I wanted to be, I guess. I guess it was just that I was surrounded with all my cousins were together for the first time in years. We were all together. And I don't know. It w- there was just something about that trip, and it, it's my and I always tell everybody that that was my favorite trip yeah. I've ever taken because 
that was when I realized so much about myself. Like that was the trip that kind of changed everything for me. And when I came back that January, that's when I started my self-development journey. And now we're here, you know, and I so much and I've learned to, you know, to not seek validation from other people and really just find it within mm-hmm. myself. And that's obviously something that I'm still working at because it's hard and it's something that us as women, I feel, especially that's something that's kind of mm-hmm. difficult for us because we always kind of seek that validation from everywhere else, because I feel like that's kind of just a part Mm -hmm. of our culture. And so yeah, I mean, that was a really long answer to your question. I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. And that's something that I definitely, I definitely echoed in my early years. It was just this notion of being a chameleon and just fitting to whatever everybody else was. And Mm -hmm wanted to be my own person and just be okay with you know not being like everyone else and having my own opinion and not being afraid of what other people thought of it and I think that's something that college Mm -hmm. really really taught me and I'm so thankful for that because I did go through a lot of lows but they were so important for me to to find that person and to become like who I am today I think every year every year we're faced with another Mm -hmm. challenge that is very frustrating but we always come out stronger from it and again it's something that you can only really see in hindsight while you're there you're like what is the purpose of this why is this happening I feel like every year we we just kept growing because we kept learning more and more about ourselves and it's honestly I find it very liberating to feel it's very freeing to just have your own life and be the front seat driver and I that's what I was thinking too um something about college is that's where you learn like a big part of your independence you know because it really is your own life and you have your own living area you make your own friends you know you're in control you decide when you're going to go to sleep and when you're going to wake up I think that's really transformative and that's something that you really develop in those four years and I think one of the biggest things to take away is that you at the end of the day like your 20s and your college time and stuff not <laughs> and stuff but your your time in college is really a time when you work toward becoming the person that you yeah. want to be um i think a lot of people see it as a time for you know just kind of doing whatever you want and like going crazy and whatever because it's your 20s and you're young but in our 20s, that's when we are, that's when we, like, that is actually when we become who we want to be. And so you really have to look out for yourself and really keep your best interests Mm. at heart. Whenever you make decisions about anything that you want to do. One thing that we do a lot is we want to please everybody else. And because of that, we put them Mm -hmm. first. And we then that really hurts us in the long run. So I think that the the earlier that you that you let go of things that aren't serving you, the better it's going to like the better the yeah. outcome, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of shifting, I kind of wanted to talk about the struggles of post grad because I I know I got something that I was really worried about in undergrad was after undergrad, you know, what that meant 
um, what that was going to look like. So I went the grad school route, but I just wanted to kind of talk about some, um, some of the struggles of, you know, not being in college anymore and kind of what the differences are. One thing that I think is really different, and I know I've talked to Ispa about this, is I think finding friends is a lot more difficult in post-grad <laughs> or maybe not post-grad, but I know specifically graduate school. It's just set up a lot differently. And I think uh, the way that undergrad is, it's more, it's very community-based. Whereas in graduate school, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's just for the education part, you know? So I've definitely found it hard to make connections, especially like the ones that I've made in college. And that also might be complicated with, you know, COVID. But yeah, that's just something that I have noticed. And then another part of just being post-grad, like my biggest worry, you know, in college was, oh, you know, I need to get it together. Like, this is the time. I'm a senior. So I have to I have to figure it out now. And I'm just here to tell you that I don't think that's the case even after you graduate. And I think it's my post-grad has really given me space to become okay with that, you know, like. I've really learned that it's okay mm-hmm. not to know what's going to happen. And it's honestly better because I think that makes for a much more exciting life. You know, life would not be very interesting that way if we knew every single thing that was going to happen, you know? I think I've yeah. definitely become <laughs> a lot more comfortable with not knowing what's going to happen even after these two years and not putting so much pressure on myself to know what's going to happen. I think a lot of times we teach ourselves, and maybe this is just society as well, that after education, that's it. You know, you find the job, you work, you get married, have children, and that's it. And then you die. And I just can't get behind that. That's like my biggest, <laughs> my worst nightmare, honestly. I don't know. When I was in high school, I really thought, oh, 22? Yeah, I better have it together. I'm going to have a job. By 24, oh yeah, like, and now when I think about it, no, (laughs) I have, like, that is nowhere near, (laughs) like, near where I think I'm headed right now. I'm really just, I'm still trying to find myself, you know, I'm still trying to make myself the priority, and I think that's what your 20s are, and I'm not in a hurry to settle it all down and have it all become so predictable I'm really leaning into that unknown and just going with what what I feel is right and being just more intuitive in general that same feeling of of being lost is it continues on even after undergrad sorry guys but (laughs) but I think it's how you frame it yeah dang really (laughs) um But during that time, I hope that a lot of people, you know, also have that understanding where it's, it's like, maybe I did have this view, but this cannot be the end all be all. It's like whenever I call you and I'm super upset about the fact that the things that I've been working on for two, three years now in my self-development are still not figured (laughs) out. And then camera goes 
some people figure th- these things out and they're and 40, then it's like, 50, was like 60. what the heck that's what's made me feel better like I'm gonna just be unsatisfied for years and, years and decades okay yeah maybe, maybe not the thing to say when you're having a crisis but yeah. after some reflection you see what I mean that's the thing that I want I wish I could just get on a soapbox and like yell to all all college students just to chill out when you talk to anyone else and I think Ispo was saying that because I also I know I'm acting like the all wise one right now but I've had my breakdowns as well and I told Ispo (laughs) that I was just so sad about turning 23 (laughs) and she cried and she told me that she told her mom and her mom was like what (laughs) like this makes no sense (laughs) and it doesn't it really doesn't and I think we just have this I don't know this this view in our heads that it's all supposed to be figured out but I always like to use this reference and if you know Gary Vee he uses the same reference if you think of life as a hundred years you're only 20% of the way it's so early and yeah I just feel like we haven't had that much life experience you know, to know exactly what we want to do. Some people do. But if you don't... I don't know. I definitely <laughs> feel like I've aged 100 yeah, years. Yeah, but imagine. You still have so much more to go. Like, don't feel stressed out because you also haven't been able to try a lot. Especially if you've been in school this entire time. Sometimes you haven't been able to, oh, I have this interest and I have this interest. Try that stuff out. That's what your 20s are for. You don't have to have it all nailed down your first job doesn't have to be your only job I actually part of the reason why this name the glowing 20s came into mind was actually because I read the Mm. book the defining decade like shortly I guess before we decided to do this podcast and honestly that book was definitely one of I mean the amount of people that I <laughs> sent it to, it's ridiculous. So many people. And it's its basically about how your 20s are your defining decade and how your 20s are going to really determine the rest of your life. <laughs> um, no pressure, but pressure. But the book is really, I mean, it, it talks about all aspects of a person's life. And I mean, the social aspects, the relationships, what they're going to do with their lives and um, talks about just, oh, it's just amazing. It's honestly, it's so good. I think that's, that's it for our, our second segment. Jumping into the. I wanted to answer some questions I had asked on my Instagram, if anybody had any post-grad questions that they wanted to ask or just fears that they wanted answered. I told Ispa that I wanted to answer it on the podcast because I thought it would be really helpful to have someone that's someone that's in undergrad right now (laughs) and then someone that's experiencing post-grad. I think that will be really helpful going in to these questions. So the first question is, what are some things in undergrad that are unique? What won't you find in grad school? So one of the things that I think I've mentioned a lot throughout this episode is the fact that undergrad just has much more of a community. And in grad school, it, the focus is school. 
And so it's it's kind of hard to find friends. Yeah, I think pretty much the same thing. I think that's something that I remember hearing a lot from Mm -hmm. other people who had graduated from our college in the past was that they really had to get used to the fact that they were no longer living around their friends anymore. And I think that there was, they were, they felt a lot more lonely just because they were living by themselves and they weren't, you know, just a door or a house or whatever away from their friends. So there's definitely that. And I think another big difference is, again, as you were saying, we are involved Mm -hmm. a lot more with undergrad extracurricularly, whereas I think something that you mentioned that you had to do was actually find a hobby or find other, you know, classes uh, Mm -hmm. outside of school, um, just, just so that you could have more yeah, of a definitely. schedule, I guess. But you, can, you know, because if you just have school, then I think it actually becomes mm-hmm. a lot harder to manage your time. When you're an undergrad, you have to manage your time, you're forced to manage your time because you have a bunch of other commitments as well outside of school. Whereas with grad and or yeah, grad school, it seems like you have to find and this is something that I even you know, my brother was telling me too, because he's also uh, in his first year of grad school, just like you are. And, you know, you have to find hobbies, you have to find other stuff, other things that you're passionate about other things that you want to do, in order to number one, be able to budget your time well, but also so you have other things to do, it seems the whole social aspect, I think is a big one. Because (laughs) and I would be on the phone and then yeah. I would be going around campus and seeing everybody, you know, and, um, and I think it, it, yeah, it definitely is. It seems like it is harder to make friends because you don't do anything else other than go to class really yeah, with other exactly. people. Except and your study groups. if you're, if you're moving away, then I definitely think it's going to test your independence and your ability to be alone. Cause I'm someone that I am chilling when I am by myself. I have no complaints. (laughs) I'm perfectly good. But I could see if someone is the type of person that always is around people, how it could be more difficult. So would you say that it might be a good idea to kind of consider that during undergrad and kind of make sure that that's something that you're comfortable with then so that it's hard later? Because I feel like if you're not comfortable with that, in undergrad, then you're yeah. going to kind of feel like I mean, you've been I would thrown say into it. It's always a good thing to be comfortable being alone. You know, maybe going to grad school would test that for you. But um, even outside of school, it's just a different ball game. You know, when you're not in college, you have to be okay with being just with yourself. I think that's just a good lesson to learn. That definitely is something to consider. Uh, maybe when you're choosing, you know, your grad school, I'm, I'm someone that's always been away from my family. So I'm used to that. But if maybe you're the type of person where, you know, you need to be, you know, going home every weekend, or at least having something, then that's something that to definitely consider. But also for being able to be alone is a really important part, I think of any self development journey, because it forces not forces, but 
it allows you to be comfortable, mm-hmm. so comfortable with yourself and so accepting of yourself that regardless of who ever you're around or whoever you're not around, you'll always feel like, like you, yeah, you'll always still feel satisfied, I guess. You'll never really feel lonely. I know that so many people who can be in a huge group of people and still feel lonely. You know, when you are, when you start to learn to become comfortable around yourself, you never feel that anymore regardless of who you are or aren't around. So for self-development's sake, we have to emphasize that. But um, of course, you know, we all, of course, we all have preferences on what, how we would like to live Mm -hmm. and what kind of community we want to be surrounded by. And that's always that we have to consider as well. So yeah, I think, I think that answers that question sufficiently. So the second question kind of just says, friends, budgeting, how to find direction. Do you want to answer this first for undergrad sake? So as far as friends go, I think Cameron and I have touched on this in a past episode. One thing that you really need to make sure is that you are finding people and surrounding yourself with people who make you feel the most like yourself who make you feel the most at home, who make you feel the most comfortable, who you don't feel like you have to change for and people who you feel give you energy rather than deplete your energy. So I think for that, you have to be really intuitive. You have to be very mindful. And, and I I mean, friends, that's a really big Mm -hmm. deal. You really actually have to be very careful about who, you're choosing to put your time and energy into. And so as far as friends go, I think, I mean, for me, I've learned that it, and I think camera too, Mm -hmm. it is a little bit of a trial and error. Um, But I think that the most important part of that is being mindful about yourself, like very self-aware, because that's the only way that you're going to be able to determine whether or not somebody is actually good for you. I think that where the problem lies is if you do surround yourself with people who aren't necessarily the best for you, but then you're not even aware of it. I have found that when you are truly authentically yourself and you're not trying to be anybody else for anybody else, and you're just being yourself Mm -hmm. and kind of in your own elements you are going to attract the people who are most like you and you're going to attract the people who are good for you. And I fully, fully believe that I have attracted all of my closest friends. I fully believe that camera (laughs) and I have attracted each other. I mean, that is when you Mm -hmm. are emitting your own energy and your highest form of it, other people who are emitting that same energy at that same level as you, they're going to see you and they're going to want to be around you and vice versa. Jumping on to what you said, um, (laughs) in terms of friends, like I said, post-grad, it's difficult. But in terms of undergrad, I would say do what you want to do. You know, follow your interests, period. (laughs) Period. The people, the people will come. Like <laughs> said, if you're doing what you enjoy and what you like, you're gonna find people that also enjoy what you are doing and what you like, and that's how you find 
you know, the right friends. Um, so I would definitely say that. In, in post-grad or um, graduate school, I would say become your own BFF. <laughs> and I hope you don't think that's, like, morbid <laughs> to say, but I think, I think it's really helpful. And maybe people might have different experiences than me, and maybe I'm just antisocial. But I think it's, it's a great time because you're away from people and you have that space like become your own best friend because I think that that's huge and that's really going to help for with confidence with just being yourself with um, just so many different aspects of self-development you can only do that with you know becoming okay with being with yourself and then the next question is uh-huh. budgeting um I'm still learning <laughs> I told <laughs> yeah I'm not very good at that, so I can't really answer this question I told like Ispa I had a terrible uber eats addiction when i moved here i don't even calculate the amount that i spent because i know that it's it would just yeah we're not even gonna discuss that but i'm really trying to do better (laughs) about that i think the most money that i spend is on food and so i would really suggest i do my shopping every two weeks and yeah i just try to try to meal meal prep and meal plan and i think that'll keep you on track yeah, that's just that's where I spend a majority of my money. And that's what I'm trying to work on for the next semester. What about you, Espa? So I actually also spent a majority of my money on food. And I was so excited because I was gonna have a kitchen this year. And like, I was genuinely so so excited for it. I was ready to make a ton of meals I was gonna meal prep all of that and then the minute the semester started I feel like I was just thrown into some sort of (laughs) I don't even I mean it sucked it just sucked (laughs) it was bad and I didn't you know it's like I didn't have time to cook but even if I had time like mentally I was not there like it was just you know it was a crazy semester and so um, there was also the whole issue of the fact that I was yeah. so indecisive about what I wanted to eat that I didn't even know what groceries to buy because what I just simply could not decide on like anything. No, I, I couldn't decide yeah. on what to put in the cart because I just didn't know what I wanted to eat, you know, like what, what am I going to make? And so that was actually the main issue. That's why I basically didn't have groceries. And whenever I did get groceries, I would just get like five yeah. different fruits, five different types of fruits. <laughs> and I think that that was sustainable. Honestly, my eating habits were really bad, actually. Um, if I'm being honest, my eating habits were really bad this year. And I yeah. sometimes would hardly eat at all. And that was like, that was a definitely a big yeah. problem that Cameron and I kept having to talk about. And that's something that now that we're on break, I'm trying to reform and I'm trying to eat more because definitely eating as little as I have been, especially when I was really stressed, um, that really didn't go well for me. So I really, really, really highly, um, don't recommend it okay I really really highly discourage it um yeah it was not a good time so please make sure that you eat I think that's a huge 
thing. But also, yeah, definitely finding meals. I think something that I might do now that we're on a break is either number one, you know, I probably have time now to find meals mm-hmm. and then kind of try try out making them and see what I like. And then that way I can be more prepared or even just going online and saving recipes that I think will be really quick, but really easy and still healthy and good for me and will make me feel good. I think that's also very important because I think an issue with ordering out a lot and getting food out a lot mm-hmm. is that your body will definitely hate you. <laughs> You'll really feel it. And you know, the, yeah. you want to feel good at the end of the day. So budgeting wise, we didn't do so hot. We'll get back to you next semester. We're learning. We're growing. <laughs> definitely. So- Okay, and then how to find direction. Definitely. Just try what you like, you know, try what you're interested in. And don't put too much pressure on yourself to figure exactly out what it's going to look like and what it's going to be after undergrad. And then in postgrad, I think just become comfortable with the unknown. (laughs) And, you know, you might know what you're going to do, but but you also (laughs) might not know. And that's okay. And just realize that you're still young and you have your whole life ahead of you. Just take it day by day. You know, you just feel a lot better when you stop putting so much pressure on yourself to have it all figured <laughs> out, you know? Yeah. And then the last question, yeah. what does an average day look like? Why don't you go first? Yeah. <laughs> so I wake up at five, around five, or sometimes it's three or sometimes it's four. It really just depends on how much I have to do. And pretty much I will wake up and then study until... I don't know, maybe seven-ish or yeah, usually around seven-ish. And then somewhere there, I might take a nap, um, like a really short 15-minute nap or something. (laughs) Also, depending on when I wake up. Wow. It's really, it's it's all over the place. Um, Yeah. And so, well, basically my morning is spent napping, studying, and getting ready. And then nine o'clock, I would have my first class. My next class would be at 10. My next class would be at 11. My next class would be at 12.30. And then I would usually, during my lunchtime, from one, I, my lunchtime would be at 1.30 to 3. And so usually from 1.30 to 2.30, I have some sort of meeting during lunchtime. And somewhere, somewhere in between 9 and 3, I somehow hopefully manage to get some food in me. Um, <laughs> wow, this is really unhealthy. I feel like I shouldn't even be saying it. <laughs> like, I feel like I feel like I shouldn't be exposing anybody policy. to like any ideas. But um, yeah, this is just how it was like, it was a hectic, it was hectic. But yeah, I'd, I'd have a I'd have lunch meeting. And then hopefully I'd have some time to eat something or another. And then I'd have class again from 3 to 4.20. Then usually from 4.20 to 6, as much as I want to work some more on my homework, I'm usually a little bit burnt out for obvious reasons. And I usually take that time to get food because I have not eaten enough throughout the day. So I would get food, sit a little bit, you know, eat. And by that point, uh, six o'clock, I'd have another meeting, six to seven. And then seven to eight, I'd have an hour. That's usually when I would work on some homework. Um, I might get food again. And then 
Um, eight, eight to nine, usually I'd have another meeting. Mondays are rough. And then after that, I'd honestly just go to bed and wake up early the next morning. That, that's a typical day. It was rough this semester, but, you know, it all yeah, depends. I definitely on, feel like you're in the thick of it. I don't know, I everything. junior and senior year were my busiest years when I was in college. Okay, so for me, yeah, I don't have as much diversity in my day. <laughs> um on a good day I can wake up early towards the end I really wasn't doing that if I'm being honest but a majority of my day is or how I would you know like it to go would be kind of like a nine-to-five job of just studying (laughs) um because in grad school you get a lot and I mean a lot of reading (laughs) luckily later on I found a reading group which is so key you know, if you're in graduate school, find a group of people where you can split the readings. But <laughs> I didn't have that in the beginning. So I basically treated it like a nine to five job where I would just read more and take notes. Um, and then by five o'clock, try to just have some time to myself. And yeah, that's usually that's usually how it would go. So it's definitely very different. I'm not doing mm-hmm. as much as I was doing in undergrad. Um, but it's def- it's just very academic all the time. I was going to say that, you know, from my perception of what you had to do, it felt like mm-hmm. you definitely had a lot to do, but it was really up to you to budget your time and make sure that yeah. you got everything done in like the timely manner, I guess. And it's, yeah. everything was all kind of due at once, but then it a lot further in the future than it was I guess so it's really up to you to manage your time and really pace yourself in the beginning I was really good but I think that's always how it starts out (laughs) in school right and then you get lazy yeah yeah in grad school it's it's like they tell you all the papers that you're gonna do like you already have it on the syllabus and it's just a matter of you doing it (laughs) um and you know sometimes when there's it just seems like the dates are so far ahead you just are like, oh, yeah, I'll do it later. And then it catches you. And that's what happened to me. I just, everything was happening at once. So that was really rough. So I think that's the big lesson I, I learned going into this next semester. It just it makes every, your life so much easier when you stay committed to that schedule and stay rigid. So yeah, that was kind of what my average day would look like. That pretty much wraps up, wraps up the episode. All right, guys, so we hope you enjoyed this conversation, you know, just about who we are and um, what we're doing right now, and then kind of just diving into the struggles of undergrad versus postgrad. We really hope that you got something out of it, and definitely let us know if you did. Uh, We are, our DMs are always open on Instagram, and um, make sure to rate and review the podcast. Mm -hmm. That really helps us out. Until next time, guys. Bye.